right, everybody, we welcome you in. It's the Justin Kenner Show with Kev Nash live here on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM. We are off and rolling and a lot to get into. We're going to open up, of course, with the big news out of the NFL, the first of many quarterback dominoes to fall, Matthew Stafford. Heads to the Los Angeles Rams. Jared Goff, along with two first-round picks and a third-round pick, are then sent back to Detroit in what I think is one of the most interesting trades because I think it's going to really reveal a lot of what we should expect for when Houston finally gets a deal done with Deshaun. Wing AM streaming live at wingam.com and live on Facebook. Head to Facebook, search The Justin Kinner Show, and you can jump in on the conversation in the chat section. Kevin, how are you today? Solid, man. Solid. It's brick outside, but, you know, I'm solid. Hey, you know, I... I'm ready for it to be over with already. I, I, I see a lot of golfing in my future, a lot of going out on the boat. I, I see a lot of trips to the beach this summer, and the only thing in the way of that is this crap that's hanging out outside. But uh, I want to open up, of course, as we talked about, the, the big news that really kind of took off two nights ago. Uh, Saturday night, about 10 o'clock, the news breaks that the, that the Lions finally get a deal done and are able to send Matthew Stafford out. I think the one thing that uh, when we keep forgetting about is the haul that Detroit got in return. When you talk about, okay, was it too much? I think the reason that also Matthew Stafford looks a little more alluring than most is because of the fact that there is no drama. Uh, there is no, you know, he wasn't trying to force his way out. They mutually agreed to part ways. I think you look at Deshaun, regardless of anything, Deshaun's history, there is no issues with Deshaun's history. But I think that because things are so kind of ugly between him and the Texans, it's making a lot of franchises out there maybe not want to go diving headfirst into the deep end as quickly as you would think. But I will say, that I like the move. I like the move. I like Matthew Stafford going to the Rams. I know you and I are going to defer, so I'll get mine out, and then I want to <laughs> dive into what you were thinking. But, you know, I heard Dan Orlovsky really on first take just kind of go and lay out bullet point by bullet point why this is a great move for the Rams. And some of these I had already had in my notes before, but the one that really caught my attention is one that we talked about, the fact that Matthew Stafford, statistically, his numbers are right. I mean, he's a top-ten quarterback every single year. All right, top 10 quarterback every single year. And I know that we like to do this little thing where we try to label every quarterback by how many wins and losses they have. But then if we like, that's what we do when we want, when we don't like the quarterback. When we don't like the quarterback, well, they need to win more. They need to win more. But then when they, we, we like the quarterback, we like to make excuses for why they can't win the big one, right? Like, we, you know, we'll, we'll find, oh, the fact they don't have receivers to help them or they don't have a good run game or they don't have a good defense or they've played for a bad organization, they have a bad coach. When we don't like the quarterback, we, we just narrow it down to wins and losses. And we say Matthew Stafford just hasn't won enough. He hasn't won enough. But statistically, he's a top-10 quarterback every year, and we ignore that. But then the quarterbacks we like... We'll make excuses for, like I do with Baker, when they lose, I'll make excuses. Oh, it wasn't his fault. The receivers <laughs> dropped catches, right? They they led the they led the NFL and dropped passes last year, dropped catches last year. When we like the quarterback, we'll make it. We'll we'll tell the story how we want. But I think you cannot ignore the fact that when you look at Matthew Stafford in his 12 years with Detroit, and I, this this stat really kind of caught my attention, the fact that he's only had one season with a 1,000-yard rusher, and he's only had one season with the top 10 defense. And it just so happened to be the one season that they won 11 games. When Matthew Stafford had a 1,000-yard rusher, they won 11 games. That same season they had a top 10 defense, they won 11 games. You know what? You know what uh, has been in common with every other season that Matthew Stafford's been in Detroit? They haven't had a thousand yard rusher. They haven't had a top ten defense. That's a problem. I know quarterbacks are supposed to take something and make uh, you know take nothing and make something out of it. I'm not arguing that Matthew Stafford is a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers, but he's definitely not a bottom of the barrel. He's not a Blake Bortles. All right, he he's not a, a Nick Foles that you throw a bone to here and there. Nick Foles has a Super Bowl MVP, but we all know that we're not we're talking about Nick Foles the starter uh, over a long sixteen games regular season. 
the bottom line is this was a hell of a deal for the Rams, mainly because I think of the playmaking ability that Stafford has that I don't think Jared Goff has, that he brings to the table. Sure, he's older. Sure, the Rams possibly gave up more than they needed to. But people keep doing this. You gave up two first-round picks for a guy that's in the league 12 years, who's closer to retirement than he is the beginning. They didn't give up two first-rounders, guys, for a 13-year veteran quarterback. They gave up two first-rounders because they believe that they are Stafford away from winning a Super Bowl. You don't have to agree with that, but the bottom line is they believe that. And who's to say that they're wrong? All right, they even with the issues they had with Jared Goff, and even you know having to go to him to bring him off the bench, they got a playoff win against Seattle. They have one of the best defenses in the NFL. They have weapons offensively. I love the Cam Akers kid. Like they they have weapons all over. Their offensive line is solid. They have a decent run game. They have receivers. They have a good defense. Uh, they have a winnable division. Uh, it, it's a scenario where I look at the Rams and say people need to stop trying to dissect who Matthew Stafford is and and bring and realize what he brings to the table for the next two. Two years. Sure, the Rams don't have draft picks for five years. Folks, the second that they, they, they realize that they are in a win-now mode. They're in a win-now mode. They'll worry about the draft picks later. I love what the Rams are doing. I wish more of the teams that I like would follow the Rams' model of if we are constantly worried about the future, we're never going to win now. If you never go get the player you want now because, oh man, we can't lose more draft picks for the future, you'll never win now. The Rams are saying, you know what? We don't have draft picks till 2024. We'll worry about that later. For right now, this is what we need. We're not going to keep this first-round pick to go get a guy that we're going to have to wait to develop. We'll go get the guy we need now. I like the move. I think it's going to pay off big picture. The Rams are playing like this is the NBA. They're giving up first-round picks left and right. They gave up first-round picks to get Jalen Ramsey. They gave up first-round picks uh, to get Stafford. I'm going to talk about Stafford later, but I'm going to talk about the Rams right now. The Rams are playing like it's the NBA. They're playing like the Lakers. You know, they're giving away first-round picks because, you know what, to them, it doesn't matter if we get the superstar player that we want and the guy that we think is going to help us win championships. I respect that. I respect that because not only are you going for it to win it all because you feel like you have not only the head coach to do it, but you feel like you have the personnel to do it because – they are lights out on defense. That defense is official. And they feel like with the running game that they have and the receivers they have, like Woods and Cooper Cup, the quarterback was the issue. So in the games that they lost this year, the quarterback was the issue while they were losing. But, you know, he was a cog in the wheel. So they felt like the quarterback wasn't doing enough to win them games and, like, the loss that they had to the Jets. Like, they, you know, he was horrible in that game. So, they're looking at it like, all right, we're a quarterback away. Now, I may believe that Matthew Stafford isn't that much of an upgrade over golf. I may be proven right. I may be proven wrong this upcoming season. We're going to find out. But I respect the fact that they're going for it. And because you know why they can do those type of things is because their scouting department is probably top two, top three in the league. Because when you're finding guys like John Johnson III in the fourth round, leads your team in interception as a potential all-pro defensive back. When you find guys that we know about, Jordan Fuller from The Ohio State University, first-team all-rookie in the NFL, led the team, their team in interceptions, picked off Tom Brady twice in that uh, big-time matchup they had earlier in the season. When your scouting department is able to find talent like that in later rounds and not only find that talent in later rounds, find them and they're able to develop from their coaching staff and to start 
Those guys are rookies and starting in the and well, Fuller's a rookie is starting was starting for them. Uh Johnson was like a second or third year player starting for them already. So when your team can find those guys, you can roll the dice because you know what? We we may be paying big money for Cooper Cup and Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald and everything like that, but guess who we're not paying big money to? The first round pick. Because we're finding guys, we're finding gems in the later rounds. So I may not think that Stafford is the end all be all, but I respect the fact what they're doing and I respect the fact that they're going for it. And they can back it up by saying, Look what look at all these other guys that we found in later rounds that are producing for us. So I think that Stafford is a slight upgrade, and maybe that's all they need is a slight upgrade over golf to win them a Super Bowl. This is a bet on their young hot shot coach you know he was a hot shot coach that everybody wanted to hire from his tree and everything like that well you know what you and i may differ about that as well but the tree isn't that big because you know why he just got there too Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what i'm saying he he's still learning on the job and he's learning that hey man this quarterback that i got he's not doing it for us we need to go get a veteran quarterback that we can believe in and so i'm with it i'm with it I, i like the move and i like the way that the rams are moving to, to try to get themselves a Super Bowl. What is it about Matthew Stafford you don't like? Because for me, it's always I'm always impressed with quarterbacks who could do more with less. Mm-hmm. My biggest knock against Baker Mayfield, the quarterback I like, is he hasn't proven to me that he could do more with less. He needs a lot around him to make it happen. Um, when I look at Matthew Stafford, who has an aged you know Sanu as his you know top receiver. I'm like, this dude just did all that with no talent around him this year. They weren't a good football team, and yet his numbers were still better than Goff, top 10 quarterback, and he does that every single year. We talked about I mean, what is it about Stafford you don't like? Because I, the guy could sling it around. He can sling it, and, I, and I'm not like a big stat guy because we can go back to... Because that know, doesn't prove your theory. That's no, why. no, no, no. I've, I've never been a big stat guy. I go by the eyeball test. I look at how the person plays and determine like if they're good or not. I think he's all right. I don't think he's the end-all, be-all, and I don't think that's anybody can dispute that I mean we could talk about like okay they went 0 and 16 he was the starting quarterback and they had one of the best receivers of all time on their team and Calvin Johnson so it isn't like he had was out there playing with me and you at wide receiver you know what I'm saying they had Calvin Johnson for goodness sake so I just don't think he's the end all be all do I like the move for the Rams yeah why not why don't why not shoot it shoot it because obviously the with Jared Goff only able to score three points in that Super Bowl, if they were able to score one touchdown, they would have won the Super Bowl. And then you look at his track record throughout this season, all the games that they lost, they score like 10 less, 10 points. Like that directly goes to the quarterback. So I believe that they think that Matthew Stafford is going to be able to take their offense to the next level. And I can't disagree with that. I, I, we going to find out one way or another. Yeah, the one thing too, and you brought the Owen sixteen year. He didn't play that year. He wasn't the quarterback that year. He was he was the quarterback. He got hurt, or Dan Orlovsky, who coincidentally enough is the biggest uh, Matthew Stafford apologist out there. And the only reason I'm saying this is too is because Pam called and corrected us on this. You got to take better <laughs> notes because Pam's going to call it again and yell at us. But uh, the bottom line is, is Pam uh, called it. But no, uh, Orlovsky was the quarterback that year for the Lions when they went the whole 16. year, not the whole year. But Stafford only played like a quarter of that season. He didn't play the whole year. Uh, so there's that, but the, the the thought process is, and again, 
we are doing the wins and losses thing. I know you're saying it's not the wins and losses. You're saying it's the eyeball test. But you're saying the eyeball test isn't there. But he doesn't have weapons around him. He doesn't have 1,000-yard rushers. He doesn't have top 10 defenses. But we've seen when he does have a 1,000-yard rusher in a top 10 defense, they won 11 games. They make it to the playoffs. And, you know, his numbers backed it all up. Uh, my thing is I like I love this for the Rams. And, by the way, I don't think who – and you talked about the scouting department for the Rams. They're not giving up two first-round picks for no damn reason. They're not right. – you know, this isn't a – you know, I thought when, when the Jaguars gave Nick Foles $25 million to be their quarterback a few years ago, I was like, that's ridiculous. You're, you're doing that strictly off of – he won a Super Bowl MVP. He wasn't even supposed to be playing this year. You're living in the moment. I don't think this is a living in the moment thing. I think we've seen enough of Matthew Stafford over the years to know what he's capable of and, uh, and bringing it to the table. I'm excited to see what this does for the Rams. I'm not really a Rams fan. I don't follow the Rams. But the one thing they keep getting ripped for is the, the where do you stand on the draft capital, draft pick capital? Because... I think a lot of that, and you spoke, you know, I'm glad you brought that up about how they're looking at, hey, they feel confident enough in their scouting department to be able to be able to plug holes late in the draft. Mm-hmm. Look at the Super Bowl this year. This is what I did, was doing earlier today. I was like, you know, I think we make too much of draft capital. Oh, the Lions or oh, the the Dolphins. They have two first round picks. Oh, look at the look at the Jets. They have two first round picks. The Dolphins, by the way, I'm not beating up on them because finally Brian Flores and company like they don't even know technically who their quarterback is. They know who the quarterback options are, but they're not sold. They don't even have a quarterback, and they won ten games last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as a franchise quarterback, they don't know what they have in Tua yet. But even then, they have all these draft picks, but it's not like it is leading to anything great. Like for instance, so I'm looking at. The Kansas City Chiefs, who are the NFL's current dynasty, right? Or at least if they win on Sunday, they will be. Tyreek Hill's a fifth-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis Kelsey's a third-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Sammy Watkins, of course, that was a pick by the Bills, but he was a fourth-round draft pick. Okay. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 32nd overall pick. That's like they got the, you know, he's a first-round draft pick, but come on. that For one, you're... You're taking a chance on a running back with the last pick of the first round anyway. So, but you see my point. The point is, is that that... The Chiefs aren't here because of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's a, he adds to it. He helps. The run game definitely needs to be stronger, but he hasn't been a vocal point of their offense this year. Um, you know, you look at the Bucks. Mike Evans is a seventh seventh overall pick from 2014, but Chris Godwin's a third round pick. And then if you look at the success of the Bucks, why are they successful? Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, Gronkowski, Fournette, all free agents. All, mm-hmm. all pieces that they acquired in the offseason. The bottom line is, and this goes back to my point, I'm so sick of franchises like the Reds and, and the Bengals and others who, who do nothing but talk about, well, we can't do that because we've got to worry about the future, the future, the future. It's okay to be cognizant of the future, but if you're so, if you're so obsessed with the future that you forget about winning now, it's, it's like teams care more about winning three years from now than they do about winning now. And then you know what happens three years from now? Three years from now becomes the now, and then you're worried about three years from that point. Right. What I love about what the Rams are doing is saying, you know what? Screw it. We're going all in. Mm-hmm. We don't have draft picks for five years, but you know what? I feel good about it. Because you know what's going to happen, Kev? You really think they're going to go five years without a first-round draft pick? No. They did this because they feel like they have a two- to three-year window to win now. And I respect that. I appreciate that. They're going all in. They're just two years removed from even being in the Super right. Bowl. All right. The roster's a little different, but they went all, they went ham money financially on defense. Yeah. All right. They just made this big move to acquire Stafford. We'll find out how much it pays off. But those draft picks, you're selecting guys that you don't know how they're going to turn out. Stafford, you know who he is. You know right. what you're getting. And we may question what he's going to bring to the table. Their scouting department feels confident enough that he's going to bring something to the table that nothing they get in the draft is going to replicate because that's what they feel strongly about what they need. I'm tired of teams living in the in the draft pick world because you know what's going to happen here in a few years if the Rams don't win a Super Bowl next year or the year after? 
They'll get rid of Darnold, or they'll get rid of uh, Aaron. Uh, they'll get rid of their. Yeah, Darnold, right? Yeah, uh, Donald. Donald, yeah. Donald, sorry. They'll get rid of Donald. Uh, they'll get rid of any offensive piece they can. They'll get their first-round draft picks back. When it's time to rebuild, they will do that. But guess what? You know, the teams that need picks are rebuilding teams. And the teams that want to win Super Bowls are spending money in free agency. When you try to build your team through the draft, you can't do it. You could set the base, Kev. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you could set the stage with your draft. You can get a couple key players, and then you plug the holes with free agency. But the Rams are doing fine. I, everyone that's ripping them saying how it is absolutely embarrassing what they gave up to get them. In their eyes, they're like, we're going to get a couple first-rounders that aren't going to play or we have to wait for them to develop, or we can use that to go get a quarterback that we know is going to bring something to the table right now, and that's what they need. The purpose of picks, Kev, is to what? To get players that are going to help you, right? So if the the first-round picks are to be used to get players to help you, why does it matter who the players are? If if you're going to use those first-round picks to get proven players, great. If you're going to use those picks to draft players, great. I just don't get why we get so obsessed with the draft capital of these teams. Real quick, um, Sammy Watkins was a first-round pick, number four overall pick. Oh, maybe I, my bad. So I wrote fourth round. He was fourth overall yeah. to the Bills. But either way, either way. Okay, my bad on that. Okay, it's so all good. two different I, but, contrasting but, things. But yeah, okay. but it, the, your point is still taken. I think it's two ways it's going to cat. It's multiple ways to go about this, or multiple ways to go. Pete, that's online for. <laughs> <laughs> at, at one Kev Nash. Uh, it's multiple ways to go about this. If your team, if your organization from the top down agrees like this is the way we're going to attack free agency and this is how we're going to build our team, I have no problem with that. And I also don't have a problem with teams building through the draft because um, the Browns, they built through the draft. They found their quarterback through the draft. They found their lead rusher uh, through the draft. They found their defensive impact players through the draft. So you do have to build your team through the draft. And first-round picks to other teams, they are gold. And like I said, the Rams are viewing this how NBA franchises view first-round picks. They say a bird in the hand is better. Like, I'll rather get this surefire thing in the James Harden. You can have these first-round picks for 2025, 2026, 2027 for dudes that are in high school and middle school right now that we don't know what they're going to turn out to be, but we know the player that James Harden currently is. Y'all can have these picks, and we'll worry about that later. I think there's multiple ways of going about it. The Rams, obviously, obviously, they don't care about first-round picks. They want the players that can produce right now. And, you know, when you don't have a first-round pick, you're not paying that first-round salary. So you can finagle things behind the scenes. You can finagle because, I mean, throughout this season, they signed Jalen Ramsey to a big-time contract. They signed Cooper Cup to a big-time contract. They just signed Aaron Donald to a big-time contract. Like, it's a ton of guys on that team making a lot of money, but they don't have a ton of guys under the uh, first-round rookies. You have later-round picks, first-round rookies. So they're not getting paid as much as the first round draft picks so that's how they're working it so that's kudos to the gm that's kudos to the scouting department and we're gonna see if matthew stafford can get them over the hump matthew stafford by the way we got corrected on facebook and uh he do stafford was here no no wow i we both butchered that he wasn't even in the league in 08 not even oh he's throwing dimes back at georgia huh and with, we got to learn from our mistakes because this is exactly what pam yelled at us for but sorry we're not lions aficionados but no no, no pam, he was pam, didn't yell at, pam didn't yell at us she yelled at me that's true <laughs> you have a yellable face so i'm just this saying is a fact though. uh but no he was at uh, georgia in 2008 2009 and you know, that's that how they the got the first round and all that stuff so there's that uh anyways but point 
is, is I, for one, to go back to this as we kind of recap this again, I, I just I think Stafford is, for everyone that thinks I'm a homer when it comes to Baker Mayfield, I think the ceiling for Baker Mayfield, like I think Baker Mayfield is a Matthew Stafford, Phillip Rivers type. A guy that, I mean, effective quarterbacks in the league. They're going to win you a lot of games. They're going to throw for a lot of yards. They're going to throw for a lot of touchdowns. Uh, where Baker has to separate himself from Phillip Rivers and, and obviously uh, Stafford is, you know, what he does in the postseason. He's off to a good start, wins his very first playoff game. But that's where Stafford really, he's not being brought here to get the Rams to the playoffs. They're a playoff team. Right. They got to the playoffs with weak quarterback play on the back end of this past year anyways. Right, like because they they're still a good offense. Like McVeigh has that offense, you know, rolling regardless of who's at quarterback. But it's an offense that is a skilled offense that if you have the quarterback to take it to that next level, they will. Uh, and I think that Stafford's going to have an opportunity to do that. This is interesting. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, the, 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 it's just interesting to me. I, I really do. That, that's a lot. It seems like they gave up an awful lot. People are ripping them left and right. But I think we we overcomplicate. I think we overvalue what first round picks are. First round picks, picks in general, are used to get players to come in to make your team better. Who are we to dictate who those players should be? I mean, I think Matthew Stafford is better than any pick that the Rams were going to get at number 19 or 20. And no matter who, I mean, you're going to take who? You're going to take Mac Jones, who I know is impressing some people, but, you know, they might go number 15 to the mm-hmm. Patriots. But if the Rams are going to be picking at 23-24, which they don't have a pick this year, but that's about where they would be, mm-hmm. considering they made the playoffs and got a win and moved up the... Who are you going to get at number 23 or 24? You're going to get the quarterback from South Dakota State. You're going to get Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, it is like I have no problem with that. And to speak to the Lions real quick, I still think Jared Goff's a pretty good quarterback. Right. I think that they're actually in decent shape because they have a younger quarterback now that can only you know hopefully get better moving forward. And now you don't have to focus on you don't have to waste that pick on a quarterback coming up with their number seven or number eight overall pick, which was rumored to be Justin Fields. If you are a Buckeye fan, you should be doing cartwheels right now. You don't have to worry about him going to have his career ruined by the Lions. Um, now Pam's going to yell at you. That's fine. They, she can yell at me all she wants, but if I'm I wouldn't trust Justin Fields going to the Lions. But that Micah Parsons. If you're the Lions, you got the best secondary guy in, in Jeff Okuda in the draft last year. Get the best linebacker in the draft this year and Micah Parsons. That's how you rebuild. If you all of a sudden you get a good deal. Look at Washington this year, by the way. They didn't win a lot. But you had the worst conference in football. What got them to the playoffs, Kev? Defense. Defense. And a and a capable quarterback in Alex Smith. I, I think that Jared Goff's a way above he's more than just a capable quarterback. Yes. And if the Lions could turn the defense around quickly, you're not going to outplay the 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 Packers. But man, if you linebackers, secondary, get a pass rusher, that's how you're gonna, you know, that's how you're gonna beat the Packers right there. Uh, and I think, you know, the rest is is easier to fill in. So we'll see what the Lions do. But man, get a damn thousand yard rusher. What is wrong with them? That <laughs> it's unreal. Man, maybe it was the Lions. Maybe it was their fault that they were that bad. I mean, it ain't even no maybe about it. It is the Lions. It is from the top down. But I wanted to ask you about that. NFC West, obviously, this quarterback. Use as a tease. You could use. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who ranked the quarterbacks in the NFC West? All right, we'll do that on the other side of the break. The NFC West quarterbacks will rank those, and it's always fun every once in a while. We're going to be doing a lot of this over the coming months because this is only one of many dominoes that are potentially going to fall. Where does Jimmy Garoppolo end up? Uh, you know, who are the Colts going to land? Uh, what are the New England Patriots going to do? I mean, the draft is going to be key to a lot of these decisions. Cam Newton, who is no longer an elite quarterback in the league as of now, I'm curious where he ends up in a backup role because if he gets in the right situation, who knows? If he has weapons around him, who knows what he could be? I'm really excited to see what all how all this is going to pan out, especially if you're Deshaun Watson and the Texans, who there's a lot of weird mixed messages going on there. Their new coach and Coley comes over and says, I wouldn't have taken this job if Deshaun Watson's not my quarterback. Deshaun Watson the next day, he basically takes all Texans mentions out of his social media posts. Like, take the hint, dude. Like, 
I ain't going to be there. You're about to be ghosted. That, that's kind of where it's at at this point. All right, so we'll rank the NFC West quarterbacks on the other side. But, hey, 457-946, or we're back live on Facebook today, but we do have the phone lines up and rolling again. So 457-9464, your thoughts on the trade. Did the Rams give up way too much to get uh, Matthew Stafford? Or are you like me where I'm, like, I'm looking at first-round picks or picks in general? You use picks to get good players. You use the picks to get players to make your team better. Sure, they, they, the, those picks... They use to trade away, but they don't get the player they want if they don't trade those picks away. To me, you're still using the first-round picks. For anyone that thinks that the Rams are not using their first-round picks because they got rid of them, that's not true. They got rid of those picks to get the player they want. I'm sorry, but Patrick Ramsey, they gave up first-round picks to get him. You think you're going to get someone better in the draft than Patrick Ramsey? You think you're going to get a quarterback better than Matthew Stafford in the in the now? Then Matthew, no, you're not. The Rams did fine. I like what they did. But four five seven nine four six four. Justin Kinner, Kev Nash. We'll be back in a moment. Smith, and everyone knows my feelings on Cowboys fans. But really, Justin Kenner, you're a Cowboys fan? All right, everybody, we welcome you back. Justin Kenner, Kev Nash with you here on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM. Uh, how about this? The Athletic released their mid-major, mid-season All-American team. Again, the mid-major, mid-season All-American team. Dayton Flyers' Jalen Crutcher is listed as one of the uh, mid-major, mid-season All-American team members, of course. They go on to say how it's tough to narrow this list to just five deserving players from more than 250 mid-major teams. But we gave it our best shot. Know this, winning matters. Guard Jalen Crutcher from Dayton. This is the Flyers. Aren't what they were a year ago, but Crutcher is just as good, if not better. He's averaging just under 19 points a game, four and a half assists while shooting 43% on threes. He beat St. Louis nearly by himself on Tuesday with 27 points. And of course, the Flyers got another big win over the weekend at home over Rhode Island. So the Flyers starting to kind of pick it up a bit. Uh, I will say this everyone counted them out as an at large bid. I think that the bubble could be something you start talking about with them because they have a, they have. They have a lot of big matchups remaining in conference play, a lot of return games, too, that they're going to get. So right now, if this is where they start picking it up and going on a run, they could get mm-hmm. back into that conversation. So uh, they're not out of it yet. I mean, obviously, we can't get to the point where we're saying, oh, they can only they only have to win their conference tournament to get there uh, if they want a chance to be playing in the NCAA tournament. They keep building on this. I think they'll be okay. But again, the mid-major, uh, the mid-major mid-season All-American team, Jalen Crutcher named that by the Athletic. I just did think that was interesting. Some other uh, notes as well. Doug Hoschild uh, sent this. Uh, their SID sent this that you know Mustafa Amzil named the Atlantic Atlantic Ten Rookie of the Week. Um, some more news and notes surrounding the uh, the Dayton Flyers again, but I found that mid-major, mid-season All-American list pretty interesting, so we'll keep you uh, up to date. Again, the Flyers will be back in action tomorrow. Um, we'll have more of that coming up around the corner. Again, I'm Justin Kinner. He's Kev Nash right here on 1410 ESPN Radio. 457-9464. That's the number to call in and join in on the conversation. Kev, who do we have? We got the Ron. Ron, it's a big week for you, man. Your hey, Buccaneers. Man, uh, it, it, you know what? You, you have know you ever used a phone before? You know what the best part of this is? What? We'll be talking a lot of Browns crap. You want to bet? Well, <laughs> you no, want to bet? No, no, <laughs> Challenge no, accepted. No. Coming up next, All our right. top ten Baker Mayfield games, huh? How about that? I could do that. 
Well, I'm telling you, Jimmy G would be a good fit in Cleveland. So you don't want me to talk Browns, and then yet you call in to talk about how the Browns should trade for Jimmy G. I see how you work, Ron. I, I, I try to get you going, man. But anyway, I wanted to talk about that golf trade. I think that was lopsided, man. You think I it was think- lopsided? What, and. It on paper it looks. They, I mean, they gave up a ton. That to be honest, though, Ron, that's the return I thought that you would see if a team got uh, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> so it look, it does look overbearing to get Matthew Stafford. Uh, but when you just say the name Matthew Stafford, it's like, oh my God, that's way too much to get him. But I think that the situation that the Rams are in makes Stafford a little bit more valuable. Why they went all in to get him? But my thing is, why would you not? If you're willing to give that up to get him, why would you not have called Houston? And giving up even more to get to Sean Watson. That's kind of where I'm That's at with that. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But financially, it probably is is a reason, I'm sure. Yeah, I've yeah, seen Two years left on his contract. Okay. Yeah. And what I say, real that. quick, Ron, I'm interrupting. So you said there's two years left on who's? On Stafford. Stafford yeah. See, remember I said the window for the for the Rams, I feel like the window is two years. They're trying to win a Super Bowl in the next two years, and if they don't do it, everyone's freaking out because they don't have a first-round pick until 2024. I believe in two years, if they haven't won a Super Bowl, Stafford's gone. They'll get they'll move on from Donald. They'll trade all of these guys and get their first round picks back. So I'm not. I said Jalen Ramsey, or I said uh, who? I, I said Patrick Ramsey earlier. It's mm. Jalen Ramsey, by the way. Uh, I'm correcting myself before someone else does. But you know those guys, Ron. They'll trade those guys and get those picks back. So I don't look at this as an all in situation. As they'll never get these picks back. I think that you know he has a lot of value to them in the now, and that's what's important. Well, I think he had. For the money, he had the cheapest contract. Mm-hmm. And I I think that if you would have went for Watson, you'd be throwing the sink in and more than that. But you could try it with Stafford. But I've seen the thing. He did start all 16 games last, this year. and uh, But he's injury prone, man. <laughs> I mean... That's where we got corrected. He's actually not injury prone. He had a bet. He had what two years ago. He missed a lot of time due to injury. Kev Nash and I had a segment one time on the show where we started talking about our concerns about his, uh, you know, durability. And that's when our favorite caller Pam, outside of Ron, of course, our favorite caller Pam called in and yelled at us. And she brought to the fact that he doesn't miss games. Like he's like literally like he doesn't miss games. He starts almost every game for the Lions. He he doesn't miss a lot of games. But I know what you're saying. We fell in that trap too. But he doesn't miss a lot of games, Ron. Yeah, well, I'm going to switch gears a little bit because I ain't got much time. But uh, yeah, that's I mean, not true. All you do is message and call in all day. What do you mean you don't have time? What do you got going on in your life, Ron? You ain't that busy. <laughs> I, I you always posting pictures of you on the farm with your dog. I always see you. You you know you don't yeah, seem that hey, busy. Hey, you saw that quarterback form in that. Field. Yeah, there's a reason you're in your living room and Brady's out in the field. I'm telling you. Well, I handed the torch to him. Okay, <laughs> so you guys are the same age. Almost. Anyway, I was going to say, just a little. I got my killer in my car. Anyway, there's a little inside story. In a little inside story about Brady trying to get number twelve when he came down, Godwin had it, and uh, he said, "If Godwin, you know, he was the, the cool guy Brady is not like Hayfield throwing a tantrum and crying in their locker room." He he went. Uh, he said, if he don't want to give it up, I'll take number seven. And they said, why? He goes, that'll be my seventh Super Bowl. So money in the bank, take the bucks and the points, don't bet against the GOAT. And uh, I'm telling you, it's just going to be a good week, man. Hey, who the Browns play this week? 
Hey, you know what, Ron? I'm hearing a lot of animal noises and, and barking, and I can hear your dog in the background, too, so hang up on it. No, Ron, have a good day, Ron. Take care. Uh, he's like, you know, uh, 457 Oh, Ron. Aye, aye, aye. But now, the, interestingly enough, to just seeing people's reaction to this is kind of interesting as far as how they're responding to that. But So you wanted to rank the AFC West quarterbacks, correct? Yeah, NFC West. NFC, NFC West. West. NFC West quarterbacks. I'll let you go first then. Uh, I'm going to start at the bottom, number four, Jimmy G. He's going to be my fourth. Oh, we can get some music on here. There we go. Yeah, it's more like Now, nah, to get rid of the NFL, we do something a little upbeat. It's uh-huh. Monday, and I'm not going to lie. I feel like I need like a whole pot of coffee just to kind of get some energy. Give me a second. Give me a second. You know, find the stripper music. Do what you got to do. This is a strip club Good song. Good enough. You know Good the name enough. of this song? No. It's called Clappers. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Shouts out to my guy, Wale. Anyway, number four. what you leave with or what? No. <laughs> It depends which one you go to. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Anyways, you, I'm sorry. Your... I could tell I threw you off. My... <laughs> I know I almost told a story that probably isn't safe for the FCC. Anyway, all right, number four, Jimmy G. Got him locked in there. We don't even know if he's going to be with the Niners this upcoming season. A lot of speculation about where he's going to play next year. Maybe he's going back to New England, everything like that. But currently, I will have him at number four. Number three, the young guy, Kyler Murray. Got him at number three because it's just his... Coming off his second year in the league, the other guys above him have a lot more experience, and one of them has a Super Bowl. So coming into it already, I got Matthew Stafford as the second-best quarterback in the NFC West with the Rams and number one, Russell. Well, here I thought there was going to be a little back and forth. No, I have Russell Wilson, number one quarterback in the NFC West. I think Matthew Stafford comes in right away and is the second best quarterback in this division. Uh, I'm a big Kyler Murray fan. I think that uh, I think maybe a year from now at this point we're going to probably flip flop those if Kyler Murray takes that next step in that right direction. I thought he made a great you know leap from first year to second year. Mm-hmm. So and he has the weapons to do it. Yeah. He has Hopkins. He has no excuse not to take that next step next season. But as of right now, it's you know Russell Wilson, uh, Matthew Stafford. I'm going to go Kyler Murray. But I'm curious who the Niners bring in um, because there's talks of I saw Cousins today. Even then, where would you? How would you? If they go get Cousins, if they're able to finagle a trade from the Vikings for Cousins, how would that shape things up for you? I guess Cousins would be at three because of the experience. I would, I would go Cousins at three because of the experience. Uh, but that's like, a good division. Going, then, if Kyler Murray is your worst quarterback in the division, that's 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 a pretty good division. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you would almost say they have the best quarterback division in football, right? From top to bottom, well, AFC North's not bad. Like, yeah. let, let's just theoretically yeah. say I'm not taking a shot at your Steelers. Let's just say Big Ben's the worst quarterback in the AFC North. <laughs> if Big Ben's the worst quarterback in the AFC North, Kev, we're talking about a guy that threw that led the league in passing, that threw more passes than any quarterback in the league. This pet, like, it's hard to argue. And then you have an MVP quarterback there in Lamar Jackson. Uh, you know, Baker Mayfield and, and big expectations for Joe Burrow heading into year two. And then there's Big Ben. So I'm just, no, the NFC West, I, okay, think, I think it's pretty close. I mean, I'm looking at some of these others. The NFC East, no, they don't even know who the hell the quarterbacks are for half these teams yet. Right. Um, the AFC East, no. <laughs> Josh Allen. Josh Allen, and that's it. Right. Uh, the NFC North is not bad either, though. Let's just say Cousins stays with Minnesota. You still have, well, you don't even know who the quarterback is for the, there's just too many holes everywhere. No, the NFC West might be top to bottom, the the best, most well-rounded. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's between AFC North and NFC West, yeah. Unless you want to just say AFC West because Patrick Mahomes is better than everybody. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Uh, four five seven nine four six four. That's the number to call in and join in on the conversation again with the Matthew Stafford going uh, from the Lions to the Rams. How does that shake out that division? The best is you know how would you rank those quarterbacks? I have Russell Wilson one, Matthew Stafford two, Kyler Murray three, and then obviously whoever <laughs> right there at the bottom. We're been trying to figure that out now. Uh, it's going to be interesting again. I've been saying how interesting it's everything's going to be. Everything's going to be so interesting, apparently. Uh, that's my new phrase I go to, I guess. I start, What's the old one I got rid of? I was so, I was so focused on you did a good job. Yeah, I can't even but now I've picked up now. a new one. And that's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Kenner thinks everything's going to be interesting. I just got that sent into the show. I'm like, yeah, you're not wrong. I'm not even mad that you pointed that out. I new drinking a, game I, in town. Yes, so there's that. All right, we'll be back in a moment. Four five seven nine four six for the Super Bowl coming up this Sunday. And it looks like that, you know, I was very critical of the NFL for there's no reason why there should have been two weeks between, uh, you know, NFC, AFC title games and the Super Bowl. But yet... Here we are. They survived the first week without any positive tests. And uh, now as we kick off week number two or the week of the Super Bowl, I'm really hoping that that's the case, that things still remain um, at that. We'll be back in a moment. More of the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash. More of your calls, Facebook reaction next. You have empty office space to fill or home office to create. You know what you need. You know what you'd like. But you also have a pretty good idea after you've shopped around the usual places what you need and what you like might not happen. Well, then you haven't been to Charles Larrick's Warehouse Outlet. Nobody has their selection. Nobody has their discounts. And every week, there's something new. If you need office furniture, Larrick's Warehouse Outlet can sell it to you for half the price and below manufacturer's selected prices. Half price and below on hundreds of items. Selection from budget to the best. Really, desks from $50 to $5,000. Filing cabinets from $25 to $500. Before you go anywhere else, do yourself a favor and come to Larrick's Warehouse Outlet. with Justin Kenner, Kev Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. You know what's interesting, Kev, when, you know, this Tom Brady to the Bucks thing, like, rarely does, when something like this happens, especially in the NFL, does it automatically lead to what you think the expected outcome is going to be. Like, who knows? Maybe the Bucs don't win the Super Bowl come Sunday. Um, but to me, is this a net? Like, Tom Brady, we talk about the legacy of Tom Brady. Yes, winning a Super Bowl is obviously going to enhance it way more than what it already is. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady had nothing to lose coming here. If he came right. here and struggled, it's because he's old. And if he comes here and has success, it's just because he's some freak of nature athlete that is just playing well beyond what he's supposed to be at this age. But rarely in the NFL, when teams like this make trades like this, does it automatically lead to what you expect to happen. It's not like, you know, the NBA, the Lakers, you trade for LeBron or you sign LeBron, it leads to a title. All right, you're the Nets, you get Kevin Durant, you get Kyrie, you get James Harden. It looks like, you know, they have issues defensively, but it looks like they're going to come out of the East to be the team that gets to the East. Like, in the NBA, more times than not, when you will something to happen, it happens. You know, Kevin Durant to the Warriors. Championship, championship, championship. LeBron back to the Cavs. Championship. When you want something in the NBA and you want it bad enough and you have the financial backing to make it happen, it's going to happen. In the NFL, that's not always the case. Um, and I think that speaks more to the, the depth of the league and, and you know, what, what's that com- the phrase I'm missing or the, the term when there's a, you know, competitiveness across yeah. a lot of, uh, it's right there on the tip of my tongue and I can't think of it, but you see my point. The point is, is, this is panning out the way that we thought it was going to, but it is interesting because rarely will I say, oh, we see all the time, that team's a quarterback away. That team's mm-hmm. a quarterback away. As good as the Buccaneers, who were not a playoff team a year ago, 
Like, this is, speaks volumes to how good Tom Brady is. Like, the Bucks really were a quarterback away. Jameis Winston had way too many interceptions, but the dude threw for 30 touchdowns. It's hard to throw for 30 touchdowns. He threw for 30 touchdowns, had 30 interceptions. You cut those in half. Right. The Bucks probably win two to three more games during the playoffs. I'm still not saying they're winning a Super Bowl, but they're good. We, you know, we were just saying, hey, man, the Bucks are a quarterback away from getting to the playoffs. They're a quarter. They were literally a quarterback away from winning a Super Bowl. Now you could say, well, this is a pretty deep team. Look at all the talent that they added. But let's be honest, Antonio Brown. He's been a factor for them more in the back half of the season, but he's never been their number one target. Okay, He's helped more than people want to give him credit for, but they're not in the Super Bowl only because of Antonio Brown. Uh, Gronkowski, he's been a, a consistent weapon all season. He has 40 catches over 17 weeks of the season. It's not as if he's just been you know tearing it up all season. Right. Um, Leonard Fournette, actually, that's been, under, that's been a very underwhelming. Um, he's he's underwhelmed a lot of people for how he's produced this season. I thought he was going to hit the ground running, no pun intended, I think people forget how good he was with with the Jaguars. Like, yeah. and I was expecting him to pick up where he left off with the Jaguars with the Bucks, and he hasn't panned out to be anything special, Kev. So, yes, the Buccaneers literally were Tom Brady away from being a Super Bowl team, and that's rare in the NFL. I don't care who the best of the best in the NFL are, the Bucks literally not a playoff team a year ago. You add Tom Brady, and they're a Super Bowl team. They had guys opt out. Mm-hmm. You replaced them with aged old veterans who really didn't, you know, perform up to the back of their. I know you hear that in baseball more, the back of their baseball card. <laughs> they, they haven't lived up to statistically who they are. Antonio Brown's not who he was with the Steelers. Uh, Gronk wasn't who he was with the Patriots. Um, you know, Leonard Fournette's not who he was with the Jaguars. The only guy that has lived up to who he was supposed to be is Tom Brady. The Buccaneers literally were a Tom Brady away from being a Super Bowl team. If that doesn't speak volumes about the greatness of Tom Brady, man, I don't know what else you could say. And it's really getting a chance to show how great that defense really is mm-hmm. with Tom Brady there because Jameis Winston threw 30 interceptions. Tom Brady threw 12. That's 18 interceptions, man. That's 18 less turnovers as a team. And that's not even talking about the fumbles that Jameis Winston had. Turnovers in general. As yeah, a whole, so yeah. so you, you, you let's just say 18 less turnovers to make it easy. You allow your defense to do what it does. You rush those front four guys and get pressure, and you have a great linebacking core. You have a physical secondary. You have the captain like i'm gonna just start calling tom brady the captain because he's the ultimate captain he's not gonna put you in horrible positions even that game against what the bears when he forgot what down it was mm-hmm. you know we can make fun of that all we want but guess what he's playing in the super bowl again because he's not turning the ball over left and right he knows how to get you in and out of the right plays and he's just the ultimate team guy you know so Jameis, talent wise let's just say you know, that lovely phrase, talent. Well, talent-wise, you know, he blows half these guys in the NFL away. But the NFL is more than being talented. It's about being smart. It's about being smart with the football, knowing to check the run plays and check the pass plays, knowing where to go with the ball, and more importantly, having a locker room believe in you. I mean, you get Tom Brady to show up in your locker room, everybody's falling in line because it's Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady. Now, he may be a Michigan guy. Or whatever, but he's the GOAT. And I don't care what anybody say. I don't like it because he went to Michigan and he beat my Steelers most of the time he played them. But you got to give the man credit. He's the GOAT. He shows up in the locker room. He's not coming here just to play football. He's not coming to play just for the love of the game. He's coming here to win more Super Bowls. 
so he automatically gets respect of the people in the locker room. You know, he's not throwing up W's and eating them and everything like that, all that rah-rah high school, college stuff that Jameis was doing. He's coming in there with a business mindset, and everybody fell in line. I think that attribute and not turning the ball over were the biggest things for Tampa Bay making it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, last year Tampa 7-9 and nine is what they finished the season. And they had six games where they lost by one possession. And they had eight games where they lost by less than 10. So two more, so six one possession losses and two more that were they lost by nine or eight points. So it's just one of those things where it's like you got to be kidding me! Like Crazy. those interceptions, those turnovers. You know, Jameis could throw the, with the best of them, and offensively speaking, from total yards and touch, he was right there at the top. Uh, if Jameis could just cut those in half, and by the way, I still think that's why Jameis could be a good fit with New Orleans if you know he's a good quarterbacks coach that can fix that. Who knows? But yeah, I, I started thinking about it. I'm like, okay, we're giving Tom Brady too much credit. You know, they definitely revamped that roster. I'm like, wait, no, they didn't. They didn't really touch the defense, the offense. The only, I mean, they added a lot to the offense, but those guys haven't been game changers. Gronk isn't a game changer. Antonio Brown has made his thumbprint more. I think Antonio Brown's been the best of all of them. Um, Gronk's been consistent and has stayed healthy. Maybe you can make that argument that he's you know helped out a lot too. But they have depth at tight end. They have depth at wide receiver. It's not as if they they were those guys away. They're in the Super Bowl right now for one reason and one reason only, and that's Tom Brady. And that's I shouldn't say that those other weapons were there. They've been there, but you saw even with all those weapons there last year. They were a six-win team, seven-win team. Tom Brady, man, that it's it, it's pretty impressive what he's been able to do coming in in the first year. Not, I think he's lived up beyond the expectations. He threw for more yards than he did last year with the Patriots. He had more passing attempts. We were told he's going to come in here and they're going to give him the geriatric treatment. They're going to limit his arm. They're going to limit how much he throws. They're not going to, you know, they're going to just kind of keep him healthy and keep him, you know, fresh for the playoffs. He outdueled the youngest of youngsters, man. Like that's insane. It's it's crazy the type of year that he has had. Four five seven nine four six for Kev. Let's go to the phones quick before we go into the next hour. Who we got? We got Nick. Hey Justin. Hey Nick, how are you, man? Good. I think the word you were looking for was parody. Right? Parody. There we go. You know. <laughs> My goodness. I'm so glad that you called in I, that word. I was literally as we we're about to go to break. I'm like, I can't think of that damn word. It's ticking me <laughs> off. <laughs> no, so I want to talk about the trade. I think there was, you know, there's good and bad for both teams, mm-hmm. right? I think you look at the, the Rams, they were like, we're not, we're going to, as, as this team sits, the worst we're ever going to pick is in the 20s. So they had to do something. You know, it's kind of like that team down south that's an hour away that was in, the, in that same scenario when they went to the playoffs, and the quarterback was kind of the problem, right? They went ahead and said, we're going to do something the other team did. The only thing I'll say, though, is that when you look at it now, they're not going to have a, a number one draft pick for since they took him number one for the next, what, I think it's 2025 almost? 2024 is what I have. Yeah. They could, but I've, I've been writing things wrong all day, so I'll, <laughs> you, could, you could be but, right. But you look at, you know, you talk about the Chiefs. Let's be, be honest. The, the main reason the Chiefs are there is because they took a number one draft pick and got Patrick Mahomes, right? So those picks are capital, and, and you can use it to get out and get those guys, or you can draft guys. I just think it's one of those ways. The Rams have said, the best we're going to do is this, so let's make this move. The only problem is, Talk about moving Darnold and Ramsey if they if they get bad, you got to make the right chance to move them, right? You can't sit on them like Geno Atkins with the Bengals, and now he's not really worth anything at all, right? So that window for them is really definitely small. 
Well, I think the window for them is, as Kev mentioned it a little bit ago, uh, Stafford has two years left on the contract, and I think that the, the moves the, the moves that the Rams just made, to me, scream, we're going all in for a year or two. I right. think they're going in for the length of the contract to Stafford, and then I think they're going to have to rebuild because they don't have another quarterback. You got rid of your younger quarterback in golf. Right. To me, this screams, we're going to take every, we're going to take advantage of as much of what is left of Matthew Stafford for the next two years, and we have these big contracts. Everyone's freaking out that they don't have draft picks till 2024 or five. Well, I think in two years, they're going to unload Donald. They're going to overpay to keep a lot of these guys so that they can win now. And then they're going to dump everything like the, the Marlins. Uh, and I, I think like that's the, the direction that they're going in. Right. And that's what I'm saying. You have to make sure that they're, they're willing to do that at that point. For the Lions, the only problem with the Lions is if you think about it, that golf contract, they're getting the whole brunt of that contract because he just played out that fifth-year extension. So that mm-hmm. that extension that they just, that he signed, just started. that $134 million is all on the line. So, yeah, they got younger at quarterback, but now they're in a predicament where they're eating that whole contract. And you, 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 know, you hope, yeah, they got younger at quarterback, a quarterback with less you know, injury experience. But now, if you look at that roster, yeah, they got some draft picks, but you're, you're going to have, well, I think both wide receivers are free agents. They don't have a running back. God knows that, you know, I think that's one thing. Stafford, give the guy a running game, who knows how good he's going to be, right? Look, think about John Elway back in the. 80s when he was going to the Super Bowl, just throwing it around, and then when he got a running game, he actually won them. No, that's, I mean, I think, again, Stafford's a lot closer to what he's been trying to, wanting to accomplish in Detroit now in L.A. Uh, and in Detroit, so with their top draft pick coming up, uh, you know, do, do they take the linebacker from Penn State, Micah Parsons, or do they go offense? Look, you've got Jeff Okuda last year in the secondary. I, I say you get the best linebacker. You have two of the best you know, secondary and linebackers in the, in the NFL. That's where I would go from that. Well, here's what I'll say. If you look at the Super Bowl team, Devin White, look how big of an impact he's been on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, being able to cover a lot of those tight ends running backs. Mm-hmm. And I think that the other thing people forget about is that one of the best draft picks last year was the Tampa Bay when they drafted that tackle uh, I think it was worse out of Iowa, mm-hmm. and what he's done for their pass blocking has been you know short because Jameis was under pressure a ton last year. Yep, and the reason that, you know, and of course people are going at me saying, hey, that's why the Bengals need to go after one too. The the Bucks already had a good offensive line that you could plug a young one in. I'm not a fan of plugging a bunch of one or two, three-year experience offensive linemen with no talent in uh, trying to figure it out. That's why well, I would I, be against it. Here, here's what I'll say. I think the thing is, is if you're able to draft another, you know, a penny or even the Leatherwood from uh, Alabama, those guys, you, you now move Williams, Jonah into a left guard, and you create a left side similar to when the Bengals drafted Whitworth, and he played left guard for the first few years. While I think it was uh, Levi Jones that was still out there, he had a really good, strong left side that really helped that offensive line prevail. But to me, if it's not, if it's not Penny, then you you trade back, you take Leatherwood, and make that move. All right, Nick. Good hearing from you, man. It's been a while. You take care. All right, good stuff. Four five seven nine four six four. Uh, Vincent Waller on Facebook says the Lions can get out of the golf contract in two years if he doesn't turn it around. That's the thing, Kevin. The NFL right now, and and, and Vincent's right. All these contracts, like a lot of these teams, are doing what you should. We'll just give you the money. Fine. Here's the contract you want. Yep. More times than not, they're not finishing. You're not finishing your. You're not finishing the contract there. Mm-mm. I've always said that about the Reds in Major League Baseball. If Didi Gregorius wanted the two years, thirty million. Give it to them and then trade them at the end of this year, and then you're not responsible for it. So it just drives me nuts that these teams do that. They always end up not 
paying the full contract anyways because they move on from him. So why would it just drive it? Yeah, it irritates me. <laughs> I'm tired. Again, I've been saying it for weeks now. The teams that constantly preach about the future are never focused on the now. And eventually, when is na- when are you going to win now? That, that, that's all I got to say about that. To Je- and he goes, Jeff Akuda was garbage in his rookie year. Um, as yes, far he as was. Goes. He yes, was not he good. Was. But uh, right now, I'm just looking at. I'm not going to label a guy after one year in the league. No, absolutely not. But no, Vince, you're right. But I'm I'm still looking at it as you took Jeff Okuda number three last year. Take Micah Parsons now. Assuming Mike, you know Jeff Okuda has you know one bad, you could turn it around. I mean, I'm not dumping on him right off the bat. But yeah, also, you don't get rid of Darius Slay to get Jeff Okuda when you could have got other pieces too. The Lions just don't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, I mean, you got to also look at the organization and everything that they were doing defensively and their scheme-wise. I mean, shoot, they were getting picked apart by Mr. Bisky. You know, Mr. Bisky ain't never picked nobody apart since he was playing football at Mentor High School up in Cleveland. You know what I'm saying? So you got to think about the scheme that they were playing and also – Name a good defensive player on the Lions ever outside of Darius Slay. You can't. Darius Slay's secondary, I mean. Yeah, I'm saying any any defensive oh, I player. I thought you said offense. My bad. Any defensive. Like, okay. Any defense. Who name one? I can't. You, you can't. So Bobby Carpenter played there for for a very short amount of time. So <laughs> he, Bobby was great with the Buckeyes and had, was solid with the Cowboys, but not so much with the Lions. Uh, Nick, who just called in, said uh, Akuda was hurt all last year. Uh, he went, I mean, he played in seven games last year. He played in seven games last year. But either way, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He played nine games last year. Nine. So there's that. We're getting Chris Spielman, Mel Gray. Names okay. Look at, I didn't know. I, like I said, I didn't no, know no, we no, had no, so no, many no. Lions aficionados. No, I'm just saying. Here. But like. No, I didn't Chris, know. I mean, yeah, Chris but, Spielman? But, but in, Nick, to your point, Chris Spielman, how far ago? How long ago? That is that? like the 80s, bro. I thought Bobby Carpenter was a smart ass answer, and you're going like back even further. So, yeah, the '80s, bro. Tim uh, Langan, I can't pronounce your last name, sir. I apologize, but Tim on Facebook says uh, Kev Sue wasn't a great player? Question mark and Dominic. Boom. There you go. Yep. Boom. Yep. You, you got you one. Yep. Stomp. Yeah. Touche. You got one. <laughs> he was quite a kicker too. Yes. <laughs> no, Tim. That's actually. Thank you for that. That I, is a good I one. We're missing the obvious one too, by the way. And isn't he? He's playing in the Super yes, Bowl. Yes, he's playing in the Super Bowl. This is coming up Sunday. Got up out of Dodge. Yep. Like a smart man should. <laughs> Tim, thank you for the note. Again, we're reading these live on Facebook. Head to Facebook. Search the Justin Kinner uh, show. For those of you listening in the car now, uh, head to the uh, head to Facebook. Search the Justin Kinner show. Show, and you can jump in on the conversation. And Ron showing his, uh, you know, sh- he's showing his, his football knowledge. He said Megatron. So there you go. I mean, Ron just you know continuing to not follow the rules. I mean. <laughs> Mega Trump. <laughs> Hall of Fame receiver for sure. <laughs> but not on defense, man. Talk yeah. about defense. Nah, no, we're just... talking about defense, and Ron's over there throwing out Megatron's name. Uh, yeah. We'll be back in a moment, folks. Hour two coming up next. Don't go anywhere. We are Dave Soma of the Ohio ESPN put out 
Super Bowl timelines for all 32 NFL teams. Who's in the mix? Who's getting closer? And who is years away? So these different tiers. The clear-cut contenders right now, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Buffalo Bills, the Green Bay Packers, are the four teams they have in that top tier of, uh, you know, basically being the, the clear-cut contenders as of right now. I agree with Kansas City. I definitely agree with Tampa. I agree. I don't mean to give one more than the other. I agree with definitely both of those. Obviously, they're playing in the Super Bowl, but I think that you could honestly see this as a Super Bowl rematch a year from now, too. I don't... I don't see either team going anywhere unless we finally see Tom Brady, you know, let Father Time decide to hang out with them a little bit. <laughs> um, the Packers and the Buffalo Bills, for one, when you have Aaron Rodgers, yes, this is what amazes me. The Packers are always considered to be the Super Bowl favorite. They're always considered to be one of these top teams in the NFL, right, like elite teams. But yet the second that they don't win the big one, what do we always hear, Kev? Well, the Packers just don't give Aaron Rodgers enough help. So he has just enough help to always get to the cusp of the Super Bowl, but they, he doesn't have enough help to win it all. Can't you say that about any team that never gets there? Can't you say that about Russell Wilson? Okay. Can't you say that about Deshaun Watson? Can't you say that about Big Ben and others who just get so close but yet haven't gotten it done in a long, long time? I am so I'm my new least favorite team in the NFL besides the <laughs> Bengals is the Green Bay Packers. I am so sick and tired of that. So the the Green Bay Packers are considered Right there. They're in the they're they're clear cut favorites to win the Super Bowl next year. Are you kidding me? All we hear is how this team just they, they don't give Aaron Rodgers enough, but yet every year they're favored to win the Super Bowl. You can't have it both ways. You can't be put up on this pedestal as an elite team and then when things don't go well, you they're the only team that you don't blame the quarterback for. You blame everyone else when you have, you know, Devontae Adams and you have elite talent around you, but oh the Packers just don't give him enough. Do you agree with the four teams, though, now that I'm done ranting? The <laughs> I Packers, agree. the Bills, Bucks, So basically Chiefs. everybody that made the NFC, NFC championship game. It's funny how that works. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think you can throw a couple other teams in that mix as well, but I'm cool with those four teams. Now, this isn't a quarterback versus quarterback question. It's team versus team. The Bills, you think are they're the clear cut? What, what separates the Bills from the Browns then? Because what you can point out is defense, right? but what I could point to the Bills is run game. I think the lack of defense for the Browns, that gap is closed between the Browns and the Bills with the Browns' run game, something that the Bills lack. I'm surprised they put the Bills in this because I'm not knocking the Bills. I put the Browns and the Bills and the Titans and the Ravens, I put a lot of those teams in the same little bubble of... Oh, every single one of them. If things like if if they're clicking at the right time, it should not be. A, I don't care if it is the Browns. If the Browns a year from now are in the AFC title game, knocking on the door of a Super Bowl, it's not going to be a surprise. You could say the same thing about the Titans. Yeah. You could say the same thing about obviously the Bills. I can't put the Bills there. I, I would put the Bills in that second tier. I don't look at the Bills. I mean, as anything right now. I mean, they're right there in the pack with the Browns and the Ravens and everyone else. Of they have their quarterbacks. They have good, you know, they, they have good facets to their game, but they're just missing something. The Bills, their defense isn't the best, and they don't have a run game. I look at the Packers, they have a good run game, they have a good pass game, they have good defense. I look at the Bucks, I look at the uh, the Chiefs, they check all those boxes. I'm surprised they put the Bills in this, but I think that speaks volumes of the respect Josh Allen's getting. So I'm not ripping the Bills, but I'm not ready to put them in that in that category with the other teams just quite yet. I think it's a projection of where they feel they're going to be next season. You know, they're expecting him to take yet another leap um, to some more good quarterback play, and obviously what they're what they have to do. On defense and with the running game, they're expecting to get Zach. I was going to say Zach Morris because we were just talking about say by the bell. Goodness gracious, uh, they're running back. Uh, Najee Harris. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe they'll draft him. Oh, who are you talking about? I'm no, sorry. they're 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 running back. Their rookie running back who got hurt. His name is also Zach. But you know, I was just reading that story about the kid from uh, Save How to Bell passing away. Uh, Zach Moss, not Zach Moore. Zach Moss, their rookie running back. He got hurt. He was supposed to be their 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 big time back this year. He got hurt halfway through the season. So they're expecting him obviously to be back. They're expecting them to take another step. That's where I think they're viewing them. If Najee Harris is there at the back end of that draft, which, again, Mel Kuyper has the Bills taking him. I mean, you bring up a good point that they just drafted. But, again, defense. I'm taking Najee Harris. Defense. Unless they feel absolutely confident in that. spend money, But you can, you can spend money on defense. I mean, I don't know yeah. what the Bills cap space is. But i got to look at that. But if Najee Harris is there and I'm the Bills, I'm, it's really tempting to take him. It really is. Uh, I don't know who not, how where Najee Harris is going to go. Vincent Waller on Facebook says the Bills need to get a stud running back. If they do that, offense will be very hard to stop. Josh Allen has to run too much right now. His running should be a luxury, not a necessity. I say the same thing about the Ravens, although I'd like to see – I'm totally fine with seeing Lamar run more than, than uh, you, you know the Bills quarterback or whatever in this situation than Josh Allen. But – the Ravens need to figure that out too. Hey, he can run. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But that shouldn't be what right. you're drawn up every play. You got to limit him to what he does. But and I like how he worded that too. Uh, it should. It's a luxury. It's not a set. Like you shouldn't drop plays for Lamar to run every single time. What I love about Lamar is is he drops back passing play. The play breaks down and then he kills you. That's where I love to see quarterbacks who can make plays with their legs really hurt you. That's how Josh Allen lives. A couple design plays, fine. But to sit there and just every play, run, 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 I'm like, come on. You're not doing yourself any favors. Josh Allen is probably the the second most athletic quarterback Mm -hmm. in the league. And he's the size of Big Ben. Well, the uh, (laughs) young Big Ben, not this big, not lineman Big Ben. And ten times more athletic than Big Ben will ever will be. Like, Josh Allen's official. Um, Yeah, I don't see a big problem with that. And, And you're right. The The fall off to the next level is secondary teams of that it isn't much you know is literally you know you could put the ravens and the browns right in that same category um i think the titans are a step below that i think it's a a three-tier situation i think it's those top heavy teams in the middle of the pack teams like kind of not middle of the pack but that second level like the browns and they the call it the, that tier is called the on the cusp. Yeah, the I, on the cusp of contending, and that's the teams you just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, well, so what do they call it on the third level? So really quick, on the cusp of contending, they have the Saints in there. I can't do that either. Drew Brees is gone. Mm-hmm. I know he wasn't elite last year, but we just talked about. I mean, if Jameis Winston's the guy, I love what he could do as far as throwing touchdowns. I hate what he could do as far as throwing <laughs> interceptions. I mean, it basically washes out at a certain point. As my so, buddy says, keeping both teams in the game. I can't put the Saints there, but they obviously have Baltimore and they have Seattle. But I'm like, what's the – I mean, again, this is why I don't feel bad for Green. I look at Seattle as on the cusp team, too. They're just – they're missing something. They're, they just need one more. For one, their defense took a huge step back. I think that's why. I would have put Seattle, I would replace Buffalo with Seattle if Seattle hadn't taken such a huge step backwards defensively. Um, but they have the Rams in there, you know, it, you know, but still a year away. They have the Colts still a year away. They have the Browns as a team still a year away. They have the Browns in the third tier. Mm. So that, our list was different than theirs. We'll have to do our own list another time, right, for sure. Right, right. Uh, but they have the Browns and the Niners. And see, this is why, like, the Browns and the Niners, you're putting them in the same category. Like, I'm not being a homer here. 
The Browns are a lot closer than the Niners unless the Niners pull the trigger on quarterback. And that's whoever that is that they can end up potentially getting. They get Deshaun Watson I'm, because of that defense. I'm shooting the Niners way up to the top up there with the Packers and everybody else in that they're instant contenders. You give Deshaun Watson, you know, Shanahan's offense with that defense, there's no damn reason why they shouldn't be Super Bowl contenders. What, uh, what's the, what's the play for the Niners? What do they do? Garoppolo is good enough. And you've won enough with him that you don't. I don't know why the obsession of going out to get, you know, to pull a trigger on. If you get Deshaun Watson, fine. That's the quarterback you bend over backwards to try and get. But the stuff about Cousins, I'm like, oh man, what are you doing? Like, uh-huh. don't don't do that. Like, that, see, and that's how I feel about Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford. I think like, okay, Stafford is a little bit better. Okay. Um, Cousins is a little bit better than Jimmy G. Are you really getting that much better? I don't think you are if you do this whole play for Cousins. I don't necessarily believe that. All right, continue to go down this list here. The Cardinals are in that same thing. The the Cardinals, the Packers, the Titans, uh, the Niners, the Browns, all a year away. Um, I thought that the Browns were just as close as the Bills. That's why I'm like, really? And again, I'm not talking about the AFC title game, but like, I don't think the Browns are as far off as what this list is making them be. Steelers have a lot of they have more concerns than the Browns do. For sure. Now, Big Ben's going to help alleviate some of those if the reports are true and what he says is true, that he's going to help them out by you know taking a, a hit. And what they do with that, it's one thing if he helps them out and gives them money to work with, but what do they do with that money? Um, that's going to be key. And Cardinals, same thing. I, I thought that was interesting. But getting closer but still two years away is the next tier. They have the Dolphins, the Chargers, and the Cowboys uh, in this category, as well as the Vikings. One more time on that. So this is two years away. Two years away. The Dolphins, Dolphins. who, again, see, they don't have a quarterback <laughs> right now. So I think this is about right. They don't have a quarterback right now. We don't know who Tua is. So that's right. The Chargers, you got Justin Herbert. You know, I, I like the direction of the Chargers. I think this is right. Two years out. Year two of Justin Herbert's that growth year. And then the expectations of playoff you know, deep playoff runs or bust is going to be the year three for Justin Herbert. Year two, I, I see this, you know. The Dallas Cowboys, I'm sorry, but like when Dak was healthy and that offense looked solid, I don't know why they're still two years out unless you just look at that roster makeup and the cap space. And they need to move on from Zeke. Get rid of Zeke, get some picks back. Get You can get a running back in the draft, man. Like, I don't know. That's about right to be there. Mm. Okay. Uh, on, the, on the upswing, three years out, this is where it gets interesting. So you have the New England Patriots, the Denver Broncos, the Bears. Washington football team, they say Washington, if they're a quarterback away from being elevated two tiers because of that defense. I would be mad if I'm the Washington football team fan that I'm down there with them. Yeah. I made the playoffs, yo. Uh, and my defense is elite. My the coach defense is, elite. is elite. Coach is elite. I love their coach. I love the defense. My weapons are elite. Well, not elite. My weapons are good. I just need somebody to get the ball to them. You have Terry McLaurin. You have Gibson. You have a good run game. Fine-tune that offensive line. You need to go get a number one receiver. McLaurin's good, by the way. He's he's Tyler Boyd. He's Jarvis Landry. He's just not that number one. They need to go get it. If they can get him a number one, all of a sudden Washington becomes really interesting at that point. And I like Alex Smith sitting there for one more year, but they do need to figure out who their quarterback's going to be. They're the ones that need to be looking at what they got to do to get Deshaun Watson. I don't know what their draft capital's like, what their financial situation's like. Can you imagine Deshaun with Washington, with that defense? Uh, you know, Deshaun and Terry McLaurin would be pretty damn interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I would find that you know very appealing. And then the bottom tier, um, the bottom tier as far as teams, uh, the trust the process tier. 
uh, that they're four to five years out, teams without any real direction. This is my favorite. The Houston Texans, of course, obviously. <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles and the Cincinnati Bengals. There you go. The Bengals, by the way, I, their fan base always feels they're a lot closer than what they actually are. But every time you read anything that's analyzing this team, it just screams they're further away than what they actually think. They're further. I mean, this has them further away than what I actually think, and I'm the biggest Bengals hater out there. Like I like their offense. I mean, they fine-tune that offensive line. They have a top-five offense in the AFC. If Joe Burrow builds on what he did, of course. Like, right. If Joe Burrow is what he appeared to be 11 games into the season – with those weapons, an offensive line, Kev, with, with Mixon, they're a top-five offense. But I don't know how, if you have, if that offense is as good as what I think it's going to be, I don't know how you could analyze them and say they're five years away from me. I mean, you're five years away, you're out of Joe Burrow's first rookie contract. Yeah, and I think that's a slap of disrespect, too. Not, not me. They deserve it. <laughs> Speaking of disrespect, did you see the head coach from Philadelphia? I, I'm going to butcher his last name. It's Nick, Nick Sariana. Did you see his interview this weekend? Oh, it was horrible. And it was him, and then the who was the other? I mean, a lot of coaches just butchered the press conference. I mean, it was absolutely the kneecap and the Lions coach. Yeah, we're gonna go. It's like kneecap. I think think those are two totally different things, though. Like you know, the Lions coach he's trying to rile up the fan base, and you know, it's a very rah rah uh, high school type of coach speak but the guy from philly man like i'm gonna chalk it up to he's never talked to that many people at once and he was just nervous i'm not gonna chalk it up to say like all that yeah but eric the enemy doesn't interview well so that's why he couldn't get a job (laughs) i didn't say that you said that i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna chalk it up to him just being nervous but that was a bad look and also i read a report that he looked like the guy from the hangover yes yes like a woman wolf pack He was actually on vacation uh, with the with the wife and kids, which everybody should be doing. Enjoy yourself, a little vacay. And they called him up for an interview, and he came straight from the airport to Philadelphia for the interview. And on his way to the uh, interview, he was like, hey, man, just a heads up, man. I'm coming straight from vacation. I don't have a suit. So he showed up in there in, in beach attire, and the, entire, and the entire Philadelphia regime showed up in casual wear to make him feel more comfortable i i give kudos to philadelphia for making him feel comfortable but they need to make him feel more comfortable next time he's talking to the press because that interview was terrible absolutely uh tim on facebook writes a book he says no national writer or talking head was picking the packers last summer to make the super bowl this year many were not picking the packers to win the division rogers does not play deep i'm gonna stop you right there that, that those excuses are I'm throwing those out the window. Aaron Rodgers doesn't play defense. First of all, Patrick Mahomes doesn't play defense either, and the Packers' defense is better than theirs. And yet, what's Aaron Rodgers doing this weekend? Look, Aaron Rodgers is elite, but when you're elite, you get expectations that come with that, and that is win games. He was in the red zone, and I don't want to talk about oh the that Lafleur took the fourth down away from him. Well, why didn't he score on the first down? Or the second down, or the third down. How come he didn't score on the four downs that he had in the possession before that? Like Aaron Rodgers, too many excuses are being made for him. The past four years, the Packers special teams is their special look. Special teams plays a huge role in team success, Kev. I get it, but I'm not. Aaron Rodgers, the Packers are letting him down because the special teams isn't living, holding him up to the, some of the all-time greats. I, I don't have patience for Aaron Rodgers. I just don't. You don't have patience for anybody. No, but like I'll take like Russell Wilson though. Like, legitimately doesn't, like, the, the little Megatron 2.0 guy. Yeah, like, DK. 
Yeah, he's developed. He's turned in just like Devontae Adams, but like Devontae Adams is arguably the best receiver in football. They had one of the best run games in football. They had one of the best defenses in football. And we're going to say, oh, LaFleur took the fourth down away, and that's why they lost. Look, it was a bad decision not to go for it on fourth. I get that. But what did Aaron Rodgers do in downs one, two, and three? For sure. I, I'm just not an Aaron Rodgers guy. Tim, I don't know if you're a Packers fan or not, and if you are, you probably hate me right now, but you and the Bengals fans can all take a number on that. But, you know, Kev's likable. Yeah, I am. I do have a, <laughs> I got a question, though. So, obviously, Houston, everything that's going on down there, dysfunction. They just hired a new head coach, David Culley, and everything like that. Why in the world wouldn't they go after Doug Peterson? Uh, I don't know. I don't like know why they went to, after the- to, to me, like, that screams, y'all don't know what y'all doing. Like, you, we screams- could talk about, you know what I'm saying, we could talk about Airbnb all we want. But at the end of the day, you had a Super Bowl winning head coach out there on the market, and you have a disgruntled quarterback. And that Doug Peterson worked under Andy Reid. He you would imagine he knows what he's doing with a quarterback. He took a backup quarterback and won the Super Bowl, beat the great Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. So why on earth aren't you dialing up Doug Peterson? Like, that would have been my play if I was them. Like, look, okay, we, for whatever reason, we don't need to speculate why they did or didn't hire, you know, um, Eric B. Enemy and everything like that. But, okay, let's just say they didn't feel comfortable hiring Eric B. Enemy as a hair coach. Fine. You're a fool if you don't dial up Doug Peterson if you're Houston, Texas. You're a complete fool. David Coley is a minority coach. Mm-hmm. And let's be clear, they are battling the PR war right now. Mm-hmm. They did not get Eric Bieniemy, and anyone that is not going after Eric Bieniemy is being labeled as oh, race is playing a role in why you're not going after Eric Bieniemy. If I had to guess, I bet their front office if we don't hire a minority coach and we don't get Bieniemy, we're going to be labeled as oh, we're you know we're hiring the white guy. We're hiring. Am I off on that? I That's what this looks like because this coach wasn't interviewed by anybody. Coley wasn't even on the radar of anybody. This this move made absolutely zero sense to me. And the only thing that the box checks is a minority coach for them to get out of that and say, oh, well, they said we weren't going to hire Biennemi because, you know, oh, we don't hire minority coaches. Well, we showed them. Well, you, you might have showed them, but I don't know if this guy's going to get the job done. You're right, Doug Peterson. But we are at that point now where every white coach that gets hired, it's going to be – they're not hired because they're good. They're hired because, oh, they, they're in with the ownership. And if you don't hire a minority coach for labeling teams as racist, I think that like that's th- that does play a role in the, the psyche of the hiring process now. And when they do hire minority coaches, they're not hiring – I shouldn't say the right ones. Uh, but they're, they're not hiring the qualified one, like mm-hmm. the, the, the qualified minority coaches that have worked up the ranks. Like that's where this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, um, the, like- there's a lot of question marks about the Coley hiring, more so about who they hired versus who they didn't hire. But you're right, Doug Peterson's out there, and at least that makes you feel like you're going in the right direction. Yeah, I, the Doug Peterson – thing out there like that that screams like incompetence to me um the other thing is like this is where i'm at with black head coaches it we always focus on the one like well if they didn't hire him well you know what there's several other candidates out there you could have hired could have the buccaneers yeah you know you could have talked to ty bowles who also has head coaching experience you could have talked to leslie frazier who was also a head coach of the minnesota vikings back in the day you could have talked to byron leftwich the oc for the buccaneers you could have talked to a litany of other people but you know what i'm saying and this is no disrespect to david coley i mean you know what i'm saying he could turn out to be a great head coach for all i know but it is something to say about you know when there's white 
guys that get hired as head coaches, let's be clear, we don't know who these people are. But when a black guy gets hired and we don't know who it is, it rings bells. It's like, dude, who are you? And I don't think it rings. I mean, the Chargers got ripped. And I know Brown here, once a flyer, always a flyer. And he's Stanley's great. He's the next president of the United States. Shut up. He had no business being head coach in the NFL right now over some of these other qualified people that we're talking about now. But that's just my argument there. But, like, there's unqualified white people, too, that are For taking sure. jobs that, like, we're talking about. I know what you're talking about with Coley, though, but, like, yeah, like I just, it's lazy. It yeah, lazy. I, just, I don't want to bang on him because I don't know. And to be clear, I don't know half these other coaches that got hired at, at the other jobs either. But for me, hey, man, when you have qualified coaches out there like a Todd Bowles and a Leslie Frazier and a Doug Peterson, for goodness sakes, and we could just pretend like Eric B. Enemy was name wasn't even out there, that screams incompetence, especially a Doug Peterson who's won a Super Bowl and who is, quote-unquote, a quarterback guru type of guy, and you're trying to keep your quarterback so you hire a wide receiver coach. That just don't make sense to me. So, like, those type of things right there, that screams to me why Deshaun wants, it, wants out. That screams to me why T, not TJ, why J.J. Watt wants out. Like, yo, what are y'all doing? You had Doug Peterson out there. Like, that's crazy. Like, if, I don't know. I said it. I'm just repeating myself by now. All right, folks. Four five seven nine four six four more of the Justin Kinder Show with Kev Nash on the other side of the break. We'll take more of your calls. Facebook reaction. Don't go anywhere. Basketball fans, don't miss talking out loud with Sully every Thursday night at 6. Justin Kenner, Kev Nash, back with you here on Dayton's ESPN Radio Station 1410. Wing AM, Valentine's Day coming up around the corner, and thanks to the uh, official florist of 1410 ESPN Radio, First Florist and Greenhouses has provided us with a dozen roses and a nice vase that we will be giving away for free to all you gentlemen out there who, of course, like to wait to the last minute possible well, to get your significant other that nice special gift for Valentine's Day. So keep that in mind. We're going to have uh, on tomorrow's show, uh, we'll have all the information of how you can win the free dozen roses and vase uh, that you can give away for Valentine's Day coming up. So we'll be uh, doing that on tomorrow's show. So be tuning in at 3. We'll have all the information for you. as Valentine's Day just around the corner. And with that being said, it's February. February. <laughs> Somehow it's yesterday was Christmas and today's February. I just don't get it. <laughs> It'll be but President's Day soon. It'll be St. Patrick's Day soon. It'll be March Madness soon. And soon it'll be April. And yeah, soon I'll see. soon you'll be golfing. Soon I'll be riding my bike. Keep in mind, a year ago at this time, we were saying foolish things like that, too. <laughs> <laughs> now, I did go on to golf, uh, but, you know, there was no March Madness last year. Uh, so here we don't go. Don't remind me. Don't remind me. All right. Four, five, seven, nine, four, six, four. Um, you know, talk about the coaching, you know, that we were... We knew that the biggest offseason talk was going to be a lot about the coaching carousel, and that's always the big deal, especially uh, the second the regular season ends. And then it was going to just, you know, transition over to the quarterback carousel, and that started uh, over the weekend uh, with Matthew Stafford being traded to the Rams for two first-round picks and a third-round pick, uh, and then the Rams and Jared Goff. Um, that, so that's who the Lions ended up with. So it, it was an interesting trade, but one of many dominoes uh, to fall that we are keeping an eye on this season. But four five seven nine four six four to the phones we go. Who do we got, Kev? We got Lance. Lance, thanks for yes, holding. Sir. Hey, how are you, man? Good. I haven't called in for a while. How are you guys doing? Good. What you been up to? Uh, been out enjoying this beautiful weather, I'm sure, right? Yeah, I just picked me up some new shorts and stuff. I'm going to go outside right now and enjoy it. <laughs> there you go. What's up, man? What do you got for us? 
Nothing, man. I just uh, if you give be so kind of give me a moment. I, I got a couple football thoughts I'd like to share with you guys. Everything you guys are talking about the last hour or so. Okay. Um, first thing, um, when when you were talking about the assets that the Rams had, you said Patrick Ramsey. Yeah, I know. I know you we got that figured out. As I know who Patrick Ramsey is, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, well, you, got, you took me back, man. I started thinking that's back to like two thousand two, two thousand. Hey. Patrick Ramsey had a rocket for an arm, and people don't want to talk about it because he was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> that situation in Washington was so bad. That, you know, everything going on with him in the mid-2000s, they were terrible. But Patrick Ramsey had a rocket. He had a gun of an arm. Uh, so that, yeah, that, I just got to thinking about him. But then uh, good, um, good, Lions player, good Lions defensive players, man. Y'all don't remember Dre Bly? Uh, okay, Dre Bar was solid. See, that's what we were throwing solid. out there. Kevin and I, we don't like to research. We like you guys to do it for us. <laughs> <laughs> Cornerback from no, North no, Carolina. No. <laughs> uh, what was his name? Dan Wilkerson on the D-line? Uh, uh, Ernie Sims had that linebacker in the mid. They had a couple good guys. Mm, I wouldn't go with Ernie Sims. I'm a Florida State dude. He wasn't good in the league. He, he was good in college, not in the league, though. No, maybe not. Maybe not. He was good with but Philly. They... <laughs> Hey, that's the next part of my call. Don't even get me started on the Eagles. I'm a diehard Eagles fan. Uh, in those rankings, if you're going to say the Eagles are five years away, you might as well say they're 20 years away. Yeah, I don't get the five-year thing. Like, I mean, I think every team, honestly, to be honest, I think every team is at the very least two years away. You are every team is two years away from contending. I, I really, I think the NFL is the easiest sport of them all uh, to turn things around and turn it around quickly. Obviously, you need to have some yeah. luck on your side as far as cap space and stuff, but you could free up cap space. I mean, the Browns were zero and sixteen, and then look how quickly they turned things around. Look at the Dolphins just from a few years ago. How could their ten-win team last year? Look what they were saying about us in 2015, the year before the win straight. We had Sam Bradford, and, you know, like they said, this team is a dumpster fire, you know, coming off of Andy Reid and then Chip Kelly, and it was just a mess. Two years, we retooled the roster and went to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, if you're five years out, you might as well say you're, you're 50 or 60 years out. You know what I mean? Because that's a whole rookie playing out, you know, contracts. That's what I told Kev. I'm like, they have the Bengals there, and I'm like, that's the rest of Joe Burrow's contract. I'm- yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's like half an era when you think about it. Like, geez, uh... So, yeah, so no, five years out, that's a little bit harsh regardless of the team. I do think the Eagles are a dumpster fire, but five years out, I mean, hell, you're never any less than five. I mean, you can't, you can't be, you can't be more than five years out. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Um, but, but the, uh, the, the Doug Peterson thing, why Doug Peterson hasn't been scooped up, I actually heard he's leaning towards taking a year off. Mm. Yeah, him and Jim Schwartz, I heard, are going to step away from the league for a little bit. So that might be, that might be. Speaking uh, of the Lions, Jim Schwartz, he was the coach of that 0 16 team. <laughs> For a long time, Jim Schwartz is a bum. Jim Schwartz is- <laughs> you like him? As, you don't like him as a coordinator? Though? There's some guys I don't like as a head coach, but I love him as a coordinator. I, I don't mind well, Jim Schwartz. You know what? You know what Jim Schwartz been doing to our defensive backs in Philly for the last three years. Do I hear DoorDash in the background? Are you? Yeah, are, you a, are you a DoorDash driver? Yeah, yeah, I'm on the road right now. Can you guys hear through the phone? Yeah, we're you're talking to a, a couple of DoorDash drivers ourselves, man. Like, yeah. welcome. There's DoorDash Ray who calls in. You're you're Trey, right? No, I'm not Trey. Lance. Lance. Jesus, losing my yeah, mind. Not- You're DoorDash Lance then. You're DoorDash Door- Lance now, so there you go. Yeah, DoorDash Lance. I'll be sure to keep calling in. <laughs> uh, there was one more thing I wanted to touch on, the, the whole Eric Bieniemy thing. I think that, you know, like, I'm going to start off by saying it. I think we need more representation in, in the NFL, you know, especially in terms of, of coaching staff. Um, and I really like what Bruce Arians is doing down there. You know, like, he's, like, my man taking a whole black coaching staff to the Super Bowl. All right, so props on that. But as pertains to Eric the enemy, 
it's not as simple as we got to hire people for a race. Like, be, I want the job, you know, and nobody knows right now. But I personally, I think Andy Reid might have told me, like, it, it, this year, you know, Andy Reid can't possibly have that much time left, you know. So at some point, he probably pulled being me to the side. Is like, look, hold on, a, you know, hold on a couple years. You'll get the key to this Cadillac, kind of like, you know, the McDaniel take question. That's still a thing, but. I think Andy Reid might have something to do with, with why the enemy hasn't taken a job. Um, I think he, I think he personally might want to coach the Chiefs. You know, like if enemy right now takes the Eagles' job, he might be out of the league like Doug Peterson in three years. If he coordinates for another two years, gets paid, you know, by the Chiefs, takes over the Chiefs, still got Mahomes for eight to ten years, he might get a fistful of rings. You know, so I don't think there's very many good jobs available right now, and I think that might be why the enemy. I hope that doesn't happen for the Chiefs. Uh, a head coach who's never called plays before. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. That's what they keep saying about Bianca. He doesn't even call the offense. He doesn't even call the plays. Aye, well, aye. We just hired a guy who doesn't call the plays. I don't know what this Nick Sirianni dude's all about, but. How'd you like that uh, press conference he did? Listen, man, he's got, he's, he's got a system. It's a system. We're trying to, trying to have a system. <laughs> you got to be smart. You got to be smart. I, I've never heard a dude say system that many times. We're going to use flashcards. We're going to be smart. We're gonna... <laughs> yeah, we're going to use flashcards. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't know. I said the same thing about Doug Peterson, though. I mean, it, it is what it is. But, yeah, I don't know, man. Five years is a long time. And, and yeah, I, I, I don't think the enemy's – I think the enemy's going to be the, the coach of the Chiefs before it's all said and done. All right. Hey, it was great hearing from you, man. You take care. Get back to driving. Be careful out there. Yeah, yeah. You guys also, man. Thank you. Later. DoorDash Lance. Hey. Now, what I said earlier, because I said it very quickly and we moved on, perception about, like, media dominates everything as we now know. Mm-hmm. And every white coach that is hired, that the team that hires him, I know you said Doug Peterson, it doesn't matter, white, black, whatever, if he's qualified, he's qualified. But we're, that's not where we're at anymore, though. Every time a white coach is hired that's not the enemy, every team is being labeled that. Not, it's not right. It's not fair. It's not right or wrong, but that's where we're at. I mean, every, I mean, every time I'm like, you got to there. Go that team hired a white coach. They're racist. Like that's where it's going. <laughs> but out of everybody that was available, he was the most qualified mm-hmm. for any coaching position that was available. He's a Super Bowl winning head coach. Oh, I'm not arguing that. And I'm just saying, like, so if you're gonna hire somebody, for goodness sakes, hire a dude that just won a Super Bowl and that works well with quarterbacks. Don't hire a guy no matter what his race is, that coaches wide receivers and coached the wide receivers one year when the Kansas City Chiefs wide receivers had zero touchdowns for the year. Yep. Like, that's just dumb. Like around here, when, when Staley was hired, you know, when you when you look at Brandon Staley was hired, of course, with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. It's a great opportunity. It's cool when I'm looking at him. He's Zach Taylor. He's a positions coach. He wasn't even like a coordinator or nothing. It was just like, what what's going on? Like all of a sudden his name comes out. And in this area, I'm being told, man, if you go to remember who you're talking to, you're talking to Dayton Flyers locally. You gotta make sure you're being nice to I'm like, I don't know. I'm sure he could end up being fine. But for Zach Taylor is the same way. He was a positions coach. He's never he was never a coordinator. He was never in charge of anything. I don't get it. I just don't get some of these hires. But Kev, to be honest though, like when I brought that up about Teams being labeled racist to hire white coaches now—that's mm-hmm. the perception, whether we like it or not. Like, and, and I'm being drastic and dramatic, but I'm not at the same time. Like, watch every time a coach is hired that is not Eric Bieniemy or an African American coach. Check Twitter. You know, Twitter is you know the ruler <laughs> of the universe. Of course, it is. But that's where it goes. But like, and I, I still think that those teams know that that perception exists. Oh man, what, you know, were, were the was the were the Texans 
maybe pressured into hiring a minority coach. But to your point earlier, there's better minority coaches. That's what I'm saying. Minor- <laughs> if you're going to hire a minority coach, you might as well hire a good one, right? That's what so I'm saying. Damn sense. Like, that's what I'm, I'm that's You can't what I'm even hire the right minority coaches. That's what I'm saying. The, the, the Texas, like, what is going on? Let's just say, like, or they had their heart set on hiring a minority head coach. You hire this guy. And it, like I said, it's no disrespect to him, man, but... Oh, you're a wide receiver coach. It's like they got to a certain point on the application that said, you know, check white, black, uh, you know, Mexican, whatever. He checked black, he's hired. It's yeah. like that's where they went with it. You had you had you had Todd Bowles, who's the defensive coordinator for a team in a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You had uh shoot, um Byron Leftridge, the offensive coordinator for a team in the Super Bowl. You had uh Leslie he's Frazier. Moved quickly, by the way. Byron yes. Leftridge. He wasn't, it wasn't that long ago he was playing in the league. Right. Right, and you got Leslie Frazier out there, defensive coordinator for Buffalo. Like, there's a lot of other guys out there that have more experience in coaching than this guy does, and you hire him, and he's thinking that he's really about to coach Deshaun Watson. No, you're not, bro. He's gone, man. You're about to be coaching Justin Fields, maybe. We don't know. We don't know who's who is about to be coaching, but you know Detroit. Go to Detroit. Come on, Detroit. Draft <laughs> like, him anyway. <laughs> look, man. Look, man. And and I'm just. Oh, he might be right. Doug Peterson might have told teams that no, thank you. I don't want to interview. I'm taking the year off to be with the fam and all that type of stuff. More power to him. But any team out there next year, because we already know it's going to be multiple head coaches fired next year, they should be banging down his door, mm-hmm. banging down his door. The day they fired a head coach, the the week before they fired a head coach, you hear that Bengals banging down his head. Oh goodness, I'm, that's not even like that's the truth. Who would not? Let me ask Zach Taylor, Doug Peterson. Come on, man. Who you already know, man? You know, I'm so, out here bringing Doug no, Peterson. But, but you're, you're, losing your, you're, you're, you're losing your mind as if I'm like saying this trolling thing. But, it's common no, sense. Because, it is common sense. Zach, you know, no, Peterson because we have to go to break and I'm about to have to answer the phone from these raging maniac Bengals fans that want to talk to you, and then they get mad at me because I got to put them on hold. That's why I have you answer the phones. <laughs> you, 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 you handle the, the initial. Yeah, that one day that you stepped out to take a call and I answered the call. I just thought, caller, what's your name? Where you're calling from? The guy just unleashed on me and I had no defense. I, I wasn't even prepared for that. Like, usually you tell me who it is. And I'm like, okay, they want to talk this. They, they're mad at me for that. I could prepare. That day I was just, you know. That's it, what you it, get, man. That's what you get. By the way, if any Bengals fan out there tries to say Zach Taylor is a better fit than Doug Peterson, then there's a reason that you're that. That's why you're a fan of the Bengals. So there you go. Like you said, like, and it's no disrespect to uh, who's the Chargers' new head coach? His name Staley. is uh, Staley. Yeah. No disrespect to him. I mean, he's like supposed to be like this big defensive guru and everything like that. They got Just a lot what of, you want in a day and age where everyone's trying to get offensive-minded people to run their got, teams. Got a lot of weapons on defense, so maybe they can have the best defense in the league and everything like that. But you got a young quarterback. Why aren't you dialing up Doug Peterson? Mm-hmm. You got weapons on the outside and Keenan Allen and, and, and Williams. Why aren't you dialing up Doug Peterson? The best rookie quarterback from 2020, Justin Herbert. Dialing, hey man, won't be coaching for the Chargers. All right, folks, we'll be back in a moment. But don't go anywhere. More of the Justin Kinder Show with Kevin Nash next. Napa know-how. Getting $20 back when you buy a Napa Legend premium battery is a win-win. Getting it from the best car people around is a win-win-win. Getting it before you're stranded somewhere, that's a win-win-win-win. Save $20 when you get a Napa Legend premium battery. And if that sounds like a lot of wins, you're right. Quality parts, helpful people, that's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. 
participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care Centers. While supplies last, offer ends 228-21. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it would be too difficult? Then try Babbel. Babbel starts by teaching you words and phrases that gradually get more complex. Soon, you're practicing short conversations. So in 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking a new language in a few weeks. Babbel. There are many ways to catch the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash on 1410 ESPN Radio weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. You can catch it live right here on 1410 Wing AM or you can stream the show at wingam.com. But now we have another way that you can take in the show. You can now watch the Justin Kinner Show